Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. The presence of the Lord is in this place. I haven't come to play church. I haven't come to just go through the same old, same old. Have you? Have you this morning, you know? We're going to look at, looked at Bethlehem last week. We're going to look at, should come up on there. We're going to look at Nazareth this week. They had these villages, these towns had divine visitations from Jesus himself. Is that what you want this morning? Is that what we want for Dunstable and the villages in South Bedfordshire? We are believing for a divine visitation to come to villages, to come to towns. Do you know, everything happens in the cities. Have you noticed that? The mega churches are in the cities. The finances are all in the cities. Everything's in the cities. I tell you, I'm, uh, this is something that's been in my heart for years. God is going to visit villages and towns again in this land. If you want to be seated. And he's placing strategically his people because villages and towns, thank you, villages and towns, I got bags by regular. Villages and towns are exactly where God is wanting to move in these days. And so we looked at Nazareth. We looked, uh, we looked at Bethlehem, where Jesus came as a baby, and we saw right back in the Old Testament, Bethlehem was uh, foretold that that's where their Messiah, Jesus, was going to be born. I love the Bible. I love the Old Testament because the New Testament lives. Because right back there in the Old Testament, Bethlehem is there. Do you know, right back there, Nazareth is there, veiled. Do you know, Nazareth means a branch or a shoot. Did you know that? A branch or a shoot? Because that's where Jesus in Nazareth grew up as a boy. I thought this is amazing. It's a shoot will come up in Isaiah 11, 1 to 3. A shoot will come up from the stump of Israel. And from the root, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. And Nazareth means a branch or a shoot. So we see in Israel, Jesus was foretold. He was seen as a a shoot or a branch coming. And of course, we know that he lived his his young life in in Nazareth. That's amazing. I should have a nod. I mean, the Bible is so amazing because Nazareth means a branch or a shoot. And it speaks about a big tree being chopped down and it's just left with a stump. And that's what happened to Israel. All through the Old Testament, we saw that it was a mighty nation, but it was continually being struck down, cut down by the enemy, by the Philistines, by Babylon, Babylonia. They came against Israel, and it was always being cut down. But the prophet was saying, out of that stump, there will be a green shoot will come. Hallelujah. New life will come out of that stump. Now we know that we've seen that physically with the physical Israel. But God is already speaking about his church. 
Do you know that, that things come against the church today like it's never come against Christians in the church ever. But when that tree is a stump, there's a shoot coming up. And I believe that's the move of God that is coming right now that we're going to be part of because new life is springing forth out of that which seems to be old and finished with. And so when we look at that, we see that foretold. I want to be part of that new shoot that God is doing in the nations, aren't you? Come on, be excited this morning, church. God is doing exciting things. He's going to visit this land in a way he's never visited it before. We're going to see amazing things in these last days. We're going to see God do things that's going to surprise even the leaders of, this, of, of, of the, the church today are going to be gobsmacked at what God is going to do in these last days in his church and in this nation and in this area where God has planted us. And so we should be excited because we want a visitation, don't we? I don't want the same old, same old, do you? Oh, I don't, if you do, I don't. I don't want the same old, same old church. We need to be listening to what the Spirit is saying today. We don't want the same old. God wants to do new and exciting things. He wants to, to bring challenges our way that will ignite our walk with him in our Christian walk. But so many of us settle for the mundane, settle for the same old, old, old that we've known for the last 20 years or 10 years or five years. But, you know, we're going to see this morning from Nazareth. That if, and we know that Jerusalem did the same thing. Our attitude and our hearts could stop a visitation in our lives that could absolutely transform where we are now in our Christian walk and in our purpose. And we know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And then we know that he went down, in, he went from there down into Egypt. And it's, it looks around two years of age, he was stayed in Egypt with Mary and Joseph. And then he came back to his hometown of Nazareth. And there he grew up. He, it, the Bible doesn't tell us much about what happened to Jesus in those years of growing up. But it does say this, that he, he, he was obedient to his parents. Where's all the young people this morning? obedient to his parents, and he grew in, in wisdom and stature. He wasn't stagnant. He was growing in wisdom and stature. And you know, church, that's what God has been doing in his church over the last few years before he comes back. He has been wanting to build his people. He wants to build us in wisdom and stature, that we don't stay the way that we've been for the last 10 years or five years or two years. Jesus grew. He grew. Just like that shoot out of a, um, a dead stump. He, he grew and grew. And that's how our walk with God should be. That's what's going to attract the world when they see people who are actually growing. No matter what age group we're in, no matter what role we play, we are growing in wisdom and stature and that God is doing great things through our lives. And so, of course, he, he spent that young time and then we know he reached the age of 12. And then we, the next time we hear of Jesus is he's out doing his ministry, the 30 years 
three years that he was ministering. And he would do a tour. He was on, everybody's on tour today, all the big preachers and the singers. Jesus was on tour. In those years, he was the first one to go on tour in the New Testament. He went on tour and he visited all the villages. So Bethlehem had his, their visitation when he was born there. And then he went round all the other villages in the towns and he caused the biggest stir wherever he went. Amazing things. Like, you know, you might be an unbeliever here this morning and you're here in a church like this for the first time. Let me tell you, we're not offering you religion this morning, but we're offering you a very excited, exciting Jesus. A Jesus that can touch your life, change you, transform you. He takes you from darkness into light. He gives you a purpose for living. And the people in many of the towns, they loved Jesus. They couldn't believe it. He healed them. He delivered them. He gave them a purpose. He loved on them. And that's just what Jesus wants to do. If you're here as an unbeliever, you've never given your life to the Lord Jesus. Perhaps you're here because someone's brought you this morning. You have come to the most amazing Jesus this morning that can transform your life. Can those of us who know this, can we shout a big amen this morning? And so he would go, and amazing things, miracles, people's faith grew, and they just loved when Jesus was with them, that every people changed, great miracles happened, people's lives were restored, he, 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 he preached the kingdom, he told them that this isn't it, that there's more to come, and with him, every day with him was going to be exciting, and if they connected to him, they would never die, you would live forever with eternal life, and people embraced his teachings, we know that the religious, the only ones that didn't, we know is the religious, well, well the religious don't embrace it today, do they, so we shouldn't be surprised, but of course he must have been thinking, when am I going to get to Nazareth? I want to go back to Nazareth because that's where I grew up. That is the place where people, I can reconnect with people that I grew up with. I can connect with those that I spent all my time with. And they saw me grow up and they just saw me develop in wisdom and stature. And so his heart was he wanted to get back to Nazareth. You can feel and of course, the excitement of the disciples would have been, oh, we're going to Nazareth. It's going to be easy there because they know Jesus. They were privileged to have him grow up. This man who says he's the Messiah is going to go back. to Nazareth was insignificant. Bethlehem was insignificant. But, you know, Jesus was going to give a visitation to insignificance. And, you know, I'm here today because I was, I'm, in the natural insignificant by the world standards. But I tell you what, Jesus took an interest in me. He's transformed my life. And if you might feel insignificant, but Jesus is saying, I want to give you a visitation. I want to come and visit your Nazareth. I want to come and just show you that I can meet your deepest need and that I'm here to change you. And Jesus never went anywhere where there was faith that he didn't change or get a response. So we're going to read Matthew 13, 53 to 58. Now you'd think there'd be such an excitement. Nazareth, the people of Nazareth would have known that Jesus was on tour, this Jesus. And they must have been thinking, when is he coming to us? When is he going to 
come and visit us. And they were thinking, this Jesus, we, we had him grow up here, you know. It's not who you are, it's, what, it's, it's who you know. And Jesus grew up here, grew up in Nazareth. And so there might have been a, a pride, you know, he's coming to us. And you would have expected there to be a great expectation. You would have expected there to be an excitement. Jesus healed the sick wherever he went. The sick in Nazareth would have been excited. The hopeless in Nazareth would have thought, oh, Jesus is going to come to his hometown. He's going to come and he's going to uh, save us. He's going to heal us. He's going to restore us. The son is going to come here. And so you'd think there would be a great big who are party time in Nazareth. So let's have a look exactly what happened when Jesus and his disciples went back to his hometown. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there. And coming to his hometown, he began teaching the people in their synagogue. And they were amazed. They were amazed. You know, Jesus amazes me every time I'm here. Do you get amazed with Jesus? He still amazes me after, I don't know how many years following. He, amazed, he is an amazing Jesus. Um, and they were amazed. But as we read on, I'm not sure that the amazement was particularly a positive one. And they said, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? Remember, he grew there in wisdom and stature. He, that's, he said that's, that's what Nazareth was to him. They asked, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother named Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? This man, this man. And they took offence at him. They took offence at Jesus. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honour, except in his own town and in his own home. Many of us probably sitting here today can identify with this on many levels. And he didn't do any miracles there because of their lack of faith. How sad. How sad is that they missed a divine visitation. And we can get all screwed up over this, can't we? You might be here this morning and you could think, oh, that's, that's rubbish how they treated Jesus. Absolutely. How dis you know, there was no respect. He didn't even get their respect. And yet they knew that he had grown, they knew of his reputation, they knew of his healing powers, they knew of his great love, how he loved children, how he loved people, how he went, and his parables was all about going after the lost and bringing them into the kingdom. And that they, they were totally disrespectful. And I can get quite uptight over this. I'm thinking how disgusting um, you know, taking offence at Jesus. How can you take an offence at Jesus? But you see, the thing was, we can get all screwed up over the people in Nazareth. But you know, I look at myself, I operated quite often sometimes in a Nazareth spirit. You think, oh, did you? Oh, yeah, I look back. 
born and bred, you know, in a, in a Christian environment. And I'll show you why. But you see, what happened here isn't this. Isn't he? And the brothers of Simon, you know, and Judas, those kids that terrorized us round the streets when they were growing up, kicking balls everywhere, breaking windows, you know. How can this man say that he's the Messiah? You know, he was running around and you know what kids do? Just see what they do when we have coffees all out there, running around like little crazy things. <coughs> but you see, what happened... Familiarity breeds contempt. Familiarity breeds contempt. They were cynical, sarcastic, and they just thought it wasn't the Jesus that they thought that they knew because they couldn't believe it was him. Because you see, now you're going to come to it. The Jesus that they were, the Jesus in their bag, they had a picture of Jesus in their bag. No, we've all got our own individual bags that we try to think we know Jesus and we know all about him and we know his ways. But Jesus didn't fit their bag. Didn't fit their bag. They weren't expecting to have teaching on the kingdom in the synagogue. They weren't expected to be told that they needed, they're going to need a saviour. They didn't want to hear that, you know, how they were to behave and how they were to live. They, they just wanted a Jesus that they could predict, that, that didn't challenge them to come out of, into change. And, you know, it's a funny thing, is it? it because he didn't fit in their bag. He didn't fit in their bag. Now, this is, you, there's men out there going, oh, that's a girly bag. Do you know, guys... There's a man bag as well. There's a man bag, right? As well as a girly bag. And you know, we can be judgmental over Nazareth. But I tell you what, we all have to be very, very careful because we all carry our individual bag, what we think Jesus is and how he should do things and how we want his church and how his church should be. We've all got to be careful. And I tell you, I very much, I bought my big, this is my beach bag, girls, right? My beach bag, bling, bling. Look, it's a bling one. But this is my, I had to bring, I was going to bring a handbag and God said to me, no, Helena, you take the biggest bag you got because let me tell you, I had so much of what I thought Jesus was to be and should be and how Jesus should react and what Jesus wanted in his church and how he wanted his church done. And I tell you what, my bag was full when I started out in my adult life. I had so much religion in here, so much legalism in here and I just thought how oh, God had to begin to make when I read this story about Nazareth just say judgment starts in the house of the Lord Helena and I tell you now I have to look in my bag the Holy Spirit now tells me to have a look in my bag now and again because little things creep in there you know that that taking Jesus for granted thinking that I know what Jesus wants for his church, thinking that I know, that I know how church should be, how my life should be. And, and that person over there hasn't got it right. 
They haven't. That church over there definitely hasn't got it right. Only Con Church has got it right, right? Do you know? But that was the, the Nazareth when Jesus. And you know, we, we don't even realize that we have got Jesus in our bag, in a girly bag, men in a man bag. And you know, the thing was, they were offended by Jesus. Oh, how can you be offended in Nazareth, where he grew up, where we should be used to? They were offended. And you know, sometimes we use the excuse that people offend us, but we're really offended at God. Why do you accept that, God? Why are you allowing that to go on? That's not how Con Church should be. That's not how Hillsong should be. That's not how Bethel should be. That's not how Red. That's not how the Anglicans should be. That's not how the Catholics should be. And they're all in up all these prejudices, all these familiar things. We're so familiar that we know what God wants. And I'm going to relate a story which was very, very real to me. At Mission to London one year, we had the most amazing um, classical violinist from America. I'd never heard anything like it. He was well-known. He was a, a well-known, played in the great orchestras. He was the most beautiful violinist that I'd ever heard in my life. And he would be given part of the worship um, to play. And he'd I used to be in hospitality at the back of the platform working in the hospital but when he'd play oh you'd go and stand at the door because he took you to heaven in worship with his violin amazing um and then what would happen he would do his bit and then the band would get on and that was when Bill Pamplin we had a wonderful drummer here years ago and he was a, a well-known drummer he was um, a session drummer and he was on the drums. He was amazing. Those of us that remember Bill Pamplin, amazing. We were so blessed. God's blessed us over the years with great talent. And I was in hospitality and this, this worship violinist, classical violinist, he didn't stay on the platform. He came back into the, my hospitality area. And so... The band got on there and the band, Roll Rob, young Noel Robinson then, a very young Noel Robinson was up there and they were rocking, absolutely. And it was like as if a switch had been turned from the, the violinist with his, his classical orchestral abilities with that violin. Um, it went to the band, you know, banging the drums, and he was sitting in hospitality and he'd got his drink and he literally was sitting there with his hands over his ears. Right? I'm not joking. I tell you, I I'm thinking, he's sitting there with his hand over his ears. He's going through agonies as the band was playing and Bale was banging on the drums for all he was worth. And I went over to him and I said, I was never a man pleaser. I went over to him and I said, Brother, why, why have you got your hands over your ears? And he goes, oh, this is dreadful. This noise, the drums, listen to that. That is dreadful. He says, absolutely dreadful. I don't know what God is making of this. This is awful. This is of the devil. Those drums, that beat is, I couldn't believe my ears. We were all loving the Lord under his music. As soon as the band comes on, you see the thing, what? And I said to him, do you know... <laughs> Brother, do you just think that 
God's just in your bag, that God's just into your style of orchestral classical worship. And he said, well, of course, this is heaven. This is what the music is going to be like in heaven. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm hearing this. And I said to him, but you don't know the musicians on that platform. I said, they're amazing. I said, they're They've, they're professional musicians. They love Jesus. They've been saved. Some of them, out, I mean, Bill got saved out of drugs, out of everything that he was in, into drugs. And then God gloriously saved him and he used his talent for the Lord. And the guy was judging because he was saying God was in his bag, but wasn't in the band's bag. And church, come on church, listen, listen. I've got me bags here. Let me tell you, don't put God in any bag. We have to be in his. And Nazareth lost out because they wanted the God that were in their bags. They wanted the Jesus of their bag. Instead of recognizing they had a visitation from the living son of God. And there was miracles, the supernatural, great things that could have taken place. But you see, if we're not in God's bag, we ain't going to get the supernatural. And we're not going to move in the Holy Spirit. We're not going to move in signs and wonders. We're not going to have an exciting Christian life. Because we have conditioned ourselves for what we know in our bag and I thank God many years ago that God showed me if I was I don't think we'd be doing what we're doing today if God hadn't humbled me to look at what my prejudices were that I used to put out as preference it's my preference. Let me tell you, there's a thin line between preference and prejudice. And prejudice is a sin, right? God is a creative God. He's in your bag. He's in my bag. He's in everybody's bag in some shape or form. But there's one bag that we need to make sure and not have a Nazareth spirit where we think we know what God wants. We think we know what he wants for his local church. We think, you know, sometimes God cuts down a big tree that we are so familiar with. Familiarity breeds content. When we have got God in our bag, we've got him on our terms very often. He's on our terms. Nazareth wanted Jesus on their terms. Well, they couldn't have him, basically. But the fact is God's a patient and a gracious God and he will work with us. But sometimes what we have believed in and what we think is right and what we think we want, God will cut that tree down to a stump. Just like that's what the name of Nazareth is. It's, a, it's a, you know, um, it, it's prophesied in Isaiah, a stump. And we realize that we're not where we were Things have changed drastically in our lives. And we perhaps might find ourselves in a new place, new challenges, perhaps in our marriage. Perhaps right now, you know, you feel like that, that you've been cut down. There's, there's, there's situations in your workplace, in your marriage, with your children. But, you know, that is cut down sometimes so that something new can come up, something fresh, something different. Because many marriages break up because of boredom. Many, many things happen because of no communication, no, you know, and, and, and we think we know what we want for our marriages. We think we know what our 
our spouse wants and our other spouse. And it's in our bag and we're not coming out our bag because unless people can, these people can do it according to my bag. Remember men, your bag too. It's, you know, church. These are the last days that we're living in. <laughs> Amen. They're going to be the most exciting days that has ever happened on the face of this earth. The most, I mean, that was the experience of Nazareth. The miracles that Jesus could have done. But because of their stupid bags, because of their prejudices, because of their sarcasm, because of their familiarity, they totally missed it. They didn't embrace the new shoot. And I believe I'm talking, there's people here that don't know Jesus this morning. Let me tell you, you've come up in a country of cynicism. You've come up in a country where people that, um, where church is concerned is, um, is uh, sarcastic. have taken God's word in this country for granted and been too familiar, whereas when at the end of the Second World War, if it hadn't been for the God's word, if it hadn't been for Christians and called to days of prayer, we would never have won the war. But God, even though not everybody was born again, they respected God's word and they believed in the power of prayer. And God delivered us from an enemy that would have absolutely, we would not be sitting here today if God hadn't done it. But all of a sudden, as the years have gone by, we've become like Nazareth as a country. So cynical, so sarcastic about the Bible and, and faith. We don't need it anymore. Take it out the schools. Take God's word out the schools. Just, you know, don't uphold at one time God's word was held as the commandments for our laws. Oh no, let's get rid of all that now. We don't need all of that. We don't need that Jesus. He's not in our bag, in this nation's bag. We don't need him. And look where we are, church. And if you're an unsaved person, you're not a church, a person here today that doesn't know Jesus, you're going to have to come through that cynicism to realize that today you're in a place where you can have a personal visitation with Jesus. Your life, you have got addictions here today, you can be set free today. You can start a new course for your life. You can have your sins forgiven today. This is the Jesus that wanted to show himself in Nazareth. But if you reject him, do you know, Jesus didn't grovel. They took offense at Jesus and he didn't grovel. Do you know, we need to respect the gospel again as Christians and as churches. We don't grovel to people if they reject us. What did Jesus say to the 70 when he sent them out? And this is Jesus is living it here. He said, when you visit the villages and the towns and they reject you and they don't want to hear, he doesn't say you don't love them anymore, but he just says, just move on. Shake the dust off your feet. And God is saying that to local churches. He's saying that to pastors and to leaders who sometimes feel they've got to grovel to keep people. My goodness. Do you know, we, we, we move on. People move on. Shake the dust off your feet and go to where you are received, where people want to hear what you've got to say, want your vision, want to do church the way that you want to do church, that you feel that God has called you. Don't grovel. Don't 
grovel when you know that you're being abused. Don't grovel. Don't, and, and we shouldn't bring the gospel down to a common denominator to make everybody feel that they, you know, that, that no matter if you don't want to change, you can still be saved. Well, you can't. If you're here this morning, I'm telling you right, that if you want to know Jesus and have your sins forgiven, you want a wonderful quality of life, it means that your lifestyle changes. It doesn't always happen straight overnight, but you've got to want to change. You've got to want to change. You don't bring the gospel down to the lowest and make it common so that people just feel that they can take it or leave it. Or everybody's in. Jesus said, shake the dust off your feet. It doesn't mean you don't love, but don't grovel. And you know, I don't believe for one minute God has ever called Com Church to grovel. We're not, the churches that are moving now in the Holy Spirit, we're not groveling churches. We preach the gospel. Julian brings God's word when he did it and he puts God's word up at a standard. And he says, this is where we go and this is how we are. You know, don't bring it down. And that's what was happening. Nazareth would have been happier if Jesus had come down to their level, started justifying himself, start trying to prove. He didn't, he didn't say, look, you I am the son of God. I am the Messiah. You didn't. It said, he said, a prophet is never accepted in his own place. Wait, because people are so familiar. They think you know you. You know, people think they know you, but you know they don't. There's only one person that really knows us, knows us, and that's Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you know, people, do you know, and, and if you're different, if people can contain you, and if a church can be contained, that's everybody accepts you. But come out the box, be different. You know, I look at the people that God has given us over the years that drop the ball here. You know, young teenagers do stupid things. But, you know, they were, they were forgiven. And they never did whatever they did again. And now... They've caused a vision to happen because in God, mistakes are rubbed out, not rubbed in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the thing is that people can say, oh, can you remember so-and-so? Oh, can you remember what he did in church? They call themselves a Christian. Oh, see, you're not in their bag. Once you jump out of their personal bag, then they can't, they can't understand you. They can't, and if they want to stay with their bag, you begin to get judged. But I tell you what, I want to be in God's bag. I, look, I, got, I tell you, if I told you, if I wanted to, what's in my bag? The little irritations, you know, and think, oh, this shouldn't be in church. You know, you'd laugh if I told you some of it, but I've learned. I've learned, God, it's your church. You're a God of variety. No two churches should ever be the same. You know, no two churches. God is a God of variety. He's doing different things. You can't put God into a bag. You can't. And God will jump out of it, surprise us, irritate us. Do you know, he upset the disciples on a number of occasions. They took offense. The disciples took offense at Jesus. He turned to them when he was feeding the 5,000. And they said, the people haven't got any food. What are we going to do? And Jesus said to them, you do it. 
You do it. You get on and do it. Why do you keep coming to me? You do it. Do you know they were offended at Jesus? They moaned about him behind his back, which is a stupid thing to do because he knows what we're saying. So he just put them in a boat and sent them off. And they came into a storm. And that soon brought them down to earth with a bang. But they moaned. They were offended by Jesus. What's offending you today? That you're saying it's people. It's not in my bag. The trouble is, it's not in my bag. But you know, God is saying it's time for a new bag. You're in a new place. New things. Do it. It's exciting. It's, who wants the same old? If you're still doing your gifting and your talent the way that you were doing it 10 years ago, you need to start moving on. I'm not the same person. My husband died three years ago. But you know, I'm not the same person today. I'm not the same person. I, but there was things in my bag that if I'd have kept them in there, I don't think I would be up here preaching like I am today. I'm a new hairstyle. Look, do you like it? Look at that. <laughs> I know. With <laughs> I've never had a hairstyle like this in my life. You know. But the thing is, the thing is, I can't stay in a widow's bag. I can't, I can't because my life has always been so exciting and on the cutting edge. And I know, church, how many of you are battling because you want to keep your bag? And God is saying, you, if you have your bag, you're not going any further. But I've got exciting, I've got miracles, I've got life-changing things, I've got challenges that's going to blow you away. But you need to change your bag and your outlook and you stop looking back. Because I've cut the tree down, God says this morning. There's people here that needs to hear this. I have cut that old tree down and you are now a stump. But I am bringing a new shoot. And it's something that you've never experienced before. But I have got great things. That shoot is going to grow. New life is coming. New challenges. New calling. Fresh anointing. I tell you, church, it's exciting. God's speaking this one. Don't have a Nazareth attitude where you think you know what God wants for you. I wake up every day and I go, God, what's, what have you got for me today? Where, what challenges can I meet today? How can I grow? How can I develop? Even this is, I'm speaking to people 60 plus, 65 plus, 70 plus, which will be me next year. I'm not saying it then. I'm saying it now because I'm 69. I'm not going to say it when I'm 70. How many of you think that you've got God in the back and you're frustrated because you don't want to move on to new things and your attitude is, oh, I've done it. I've done it. I've told it now. It's down to others. I'm never going to say that. You must come and correct me if ever I say that. No, it gets but He keeps the best till last. He's got great things for Nazareth. He's got great things for all ages. Church, when I tell you, the bag that God is bringing to his church is going to blow us all away. If you're a new Christian today, you have come to the church at the most exciting time in history. And God is placing his people. You know, you probably think, well, I could have left this church five years ago, but you're still here because God placed you here. You're the planting of the Lord. You know, people come into churches today. We were talking in the foundation course this morning. And the first thing, Christians, it's like, what's your menu? You know, can I have a look at your menu? You know, 
But I tell you what, I've always been the planting of the Lord somewhere. It's not what can I do, what can you do for me? The excitement is what can I do for you, God, in your church and for your people and for those that are still in darkness? And so we're going to change bags this morning and we're going to have the wine's new wineskin bag. The new wineskin bag God wants to give you this morning. Something that you're excited. You might be in a new place. You might be thinking, looking back, looking back. We never should, you know, it's, God is the now God. If you're not a Christian here this morning, you've never known Jesus. You think, oh, this word's excited me this morning. I can have an exciting life in the Lord Jesus. Then we can lead you to Jesus this morning. And you can say, I'm not going to be like Nazareth. I'm going, though people have told me Jesus is dead, you know, there's nothing. Um, life after death, there's nothing. This religious thing isn't true. I'm telling you that religion isn't, but Jesus is this morning. And he wants to come to your Nazareth right now. And he doesn't want you to be offended by him. He doesn't want you to be cynical. He doesn't want you to be sarcastic. And for those of us here that take him for granted of familiarity, I want us to look at our lives this morning. Have I grown familiar with Jesus? You know, I only want the Jesus that I'm comfortable with. I, you know, I don't want the challenges. Well, Com Church is not the church for you this morning if you don't want to be challenged. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit challenges us. We're on a mission. Jesus was on a mission when he went to Nazareth. He was on a mi- We're on a mission. And as you grow in the Lord, you'll discover our mission. But I tell you, it's, it's to be the planting of the Lord. And God puts us in a new place. New things happening around us. And we either embrace it or we back off. And I tell you, we'll never know true fulfillment. But I know that he's placing his people all around this country where he wants them to be. Thank you, Lord. Let's, you know, church this morning, let's look at our hearts and say, Lord, I'm changing bags this morning. I'm changing. I'm going to look at my family life differently. We think we know our children and our teenagers. Only God knows them. Only God knows our children. And, you know, we have to say, Lord, it's not what I want for my kids. It's what you want. It's I want for my children and my teenagers what's in your bag, not what's in mine. You know, and in a marriage, God, you know how you want my marriage to be. I got things in my bag, husbands and wives, that I think my wife should be. What God, I want in my marriage what you want for our marriage. In my workplace, it can go right across the board, church. Lord, let's put our old bag. Put the old bag down this morning. (laughs) You know. (laughs) You know. And let's be excited in Jesus that if he comes to my hometown this morning, comes to Dunstable, we're embracing him. Comes to Luton, we're embracing him. Comes to South Bedfordshire, we're embracing him. We want the supernatural. We want miracles. We want the impossible done in our lives. We want to see the harvest come in, which is going to happen in the next move of God. But I tell you what, it's going to be a challenge for us. Right across this nation, God's going to move in a way that's going to blow us away. And we're all going to say, oh, that ain't my bag. We'll all say, oh, even God, this move of God, is, this is not. This is not in anybody's bag, Lord. And the Lord says, no, but it's in mine. Let's just stand right now, church. 
Let's just stand right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I just want to, if the musicians and the worship people come forward right now, I want the Holy Spirit to move this morning. He says, a prophet is not without honour except in his own town and in his own home. Oh, my goodness. Let's welcome whatever Jesus wants for our church, for Dunstable, South Bedfordshire. Let's say, Lord, we were going to respect you, Lord. And whatever you want to bring, whatever you want to do, Lord, it's not about my bag this morning. It's not about my preferences, my prejudice. It's about kingdom this morning. It's a kingdom bag. You know, some of us have got petty likes and petty dislikes and, you know, this teaching I object to, this preacher I object to, this one, this teaching I object to, this denomination. Do you know, we'd be really surprised this morning what God is blessing. <laughs> well, we're all here in Com Church this morning. God is blessing people out on the streets. He's doing things, not in a churchy way. And I don't understand it. But let me tell you, it's in God's bag. Hallelujah. It's in God's bag. Thank you, Lord. If you feel you're like a tree this morning and you've been, everything that you've been familiar with has changed, you can either go back to the old, old, or you can embrace that God has brought you to where you are right now. These, just, I'm looking at, and I know there's new Christians here. You've got to embrace. Don't ever have a Nazareth spirit where you take God for granted. You know, where you're not prepared to change. You're not prepared to change your lifestyle in Jesus and have the newness of life. And for those of us who have walked with the Lord the long, a long time, let's just say, Lord, I surrender my bag this morning. Help me not to be judgmental. Let me not to think that you're just in my bag, that you're just in Com Church's bag. He's not. He's in bags that we, all around the country this morning, there's people that God is just blessing right now. Lord, just be honest. Just take a minute this morning and say, Lord, take away every religious spirit out of my bag. Just take it. Take away the way I think like Nazareth, that I know you. And because you don't fit the mould or you don't fit the way I've been brought up, the way I've been taught, that, that this is it. This is all there is to you, Lord. No, they took offence. And I'm praying right now that those of you that are holding offence, how do we hold offence? Well, we're told to forgive and we don't. And we say, yeah, but you don't know what happened to me. You don't know the situation. Let me tell you, in your bag has to be forgiveness. No question. It's not even negotiable. In your bag has to be forgiveness. In your bag has to be respect to even Christians that don't do things the way that you do it or see things the way that you do it. If we're going to see the supernatural, if we're going to see um, miracles, we really need to check these. That's that super spiritual, religious, pharisaical spirit. Right, right, right now, you know? Oh, I fast. Do you? You know, I, I'm into the all-night prayer meeting. If you don't go to an all-night prayer meeting... You're not in the bag. Let me tell you. That's all going out. Of the, have you noticed it's going? God's taking. He's taking all these 
petty preferences that turn into prejudices before we even know. So let's do self-examination this morning and say, Lord, my bag, I surrender it to you. I'm, I'm taking the new wineskin bag that's flexible. It's, it's just, it's, it's respectful. Even when people disagree with me, Lord, I'm going to be respectful. And I'm going to embrace what you're doing in these last days. And I thank you, Lord, that I want to be the planting of the Lord. I don't want to be these flaky people, you know, that just floating around here, there and everywhere. till they find a church that will tickle their ears or be part of the culture that they're used to? Oh, God, spare us. I want excitement. Right until Jesus comes back, I want to be thrilled. I want to have purpose. I want to have destiny written all over me. And I want to do it God's way in the way that he wants to do it. Let's, you know, lift, if you just feel this morning, you want to surrender. And all the stupid things that we get all caught up about. And and now we're analyzing, you know, people were scrutinizing Jesus. And just accepting that this is where God has brought me to right now. And out of my stump, a new shoot is growing. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless. God bless.